Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. We're back. Uh, I'm Kevin Ellis, and it's Vermont Viewpoint. Have you ever uh, experienced what I experienced uh, several weeks ago? Strange men in a truck uh, getting out and uh, uh, walking through your backyard with giant strings of fiber over their shoulders, hauling it from utility pole to the utility pole. Well, I did. And I immediately set off to investigate uh, these folks. And it turns out they were the deliverers of Internet Nirvana. It's apparently to my house and a house near you. This is fast Internet. Uh, it's been promised for years and years and years. And especially in, in pockets of central Vermont, we'll get deeper into that. Uh, and so apparently I am on the list, fast Internet, uh, and it's going to be delivered by my friendly uh, neighborhood communications district. It's called CV Fiber, and the executive director, Janiel Smith, is with us today. Janiel, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. Good morning. How are you today? I'm good morning. Thank you very much. Um, we are so glad to have you because I, 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 to many people in central Vermont, uh, you're the most important person in their life, so we wanted to have you on the show uh, to tell us what is CV Fiber? And, uh, of course, then the big question, which we can ask now or we can ask it when. But uh, why don't you tell us at first, uh, what is CV Fiber? Uh, yes, I'd be happy to. So CV Fiber is a municipal entity. We are a conglomerate of 20 towns in central Vermont. We're kind of like a, uh, we're a district. So think of the school district or the water district. We are a district of towns. So CV Fiber is one of 10 communications union districts in the state of Vermont. We were created by the Vermont legislature and we have one goal and one purpose, and that is to provide world-class internet to the rural parts of Vermont that currently don't have internet. So that's what we're doing. So let's use me as the guinea pig for this entire uh, segment, because I live uh, in a spot in East Montpelier where uh, apparently the, the Comcast folks uh, and the consolidated folks sort of stop about, oh, I don't know, an eighth of a mile from my house, not thinking that it's worth their while. They can't make enough profit off me to deliver me Internet, even though I'm right on the county road. So is it? It's really the mission of, of CV Fiber to fill in uh, those gaps, not just fill in the gaps for people, but to, but to compete with the private sector uh, providers and, and to deliver fast internet at an affordable price. Do I have that right? Yes, you do. So you are absolutely correct that we were created by the Vermont legislature to fill in a gap. And the gap is, as you as you mentioned, um, the, the mainstream providers have tended to avoid or not serve the more rural areas of the state and, and the country. 
uh, because there is not a business sense to do so. Um, it is expensive per address to build to these areas. And so the mainstream commercial outfits generally will not build because they will not make a profit. CV Fiber is a nonprofit entity, and as such, our goal is to bring the internet, but not to make a profit. We do have to keep our lights on, of course, uh, but but we we can do so without making a profit. So that is why we exist. We are here to fill the gap that was left by the mainstream carriers. You're also right that we can compete with the, with the commercial carriers. Um, that that we are generally offering our services in unserved, but also in underserved areas that might have a slower internet speed. Um, the primary goal here is to get to people who have been forgotten in the, uh, in the mainstream commercial model. Okay. So let's get down to some technology. Uh, my internet right now is at about, uh, at the, at its best. 12 megabits per second. I wonder if you could explain that to the audience, what megabits per second is and how that works and how much faster I'm going to get when you arrive. Sure. So, so generally, a, a speed of uh, – we can look at it two ways. So there's data up and data down. You can think of it as, as – data that goes out from your connection to data that comes into your connection. So download and upload. And what you're talking about is quite typical for lower speed internet. Um, the definition of unserved or underserved is um, defined as la lacking access to a connection that can reliably deliver 12 down and three up. So that's megabits per second. Um, so, if you think about when you were last on, say, a, a conference call using a lower speed internet, maybe you froze up sometimes, maybe you had to turn your camera off, maybe there was a fuzziness to the picture or the timing of the voice and the moving of the mouse wasn't quite in line. So so you're, you're doing your best, but you're not quite able to to, to download all of the data and your upload might even be slower and somebody might say, wait, you broke out and so you have to turn off your camera. When you subscribe to CV Fiber, we, we, will, have a, uh, we will have a minimum speed of 100 up and 100 down. To give you an idea, that's, that's four times um, the uh, download speed that is considered underserved or unserved now. But it certainly can be faster. That's the, that is the minimum. Also, we have decided that we will offer only connections that are the same up as down. So that mutuality is what allows, uh, allows um, interactive correspondence. So you can rely both equally on the up speed and the down speed. Okay. Um, so... Uh, technical, that means that your Netflix is never going to freeze and your Zoom call is never going to freeze either. A hundred, minimum a hundred megabits per second uh, is fast, 
really, really fast, and you're going to offer even faster speeds so that I'm thinking of the digital uh, video editor who is used to need to work in Boston or Burlington can now live, you know, up buy a house in the country and work from home and do everything that they could do in the big city. That's that is the absolutely the goal, Kevin. We want to be able to do our lives in the woods of Vermont. And whether that means we're editing a complicated document or we're having a conference call with our partners in California or somewhere in uh, Massachusetts, we can do so because we have that capacity to communicate with them um, just as just as as though we were in a larger city ourselves. That is absolutely the goal of CV Fiber. Okay, and can you talk to us about how this is all getting paid for? Yes, yes, I can. So we have we are currently funded exclusively through the American Rescue Plan app funds, that's ARPA funds, that came down following the, um, the pandemic. So if, if it were not for the pandemic, we would not have access to those ARPA funds. We are also currently looking at BEAD funding. That's another program through the, uh, through the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program. That's also a federal program. Vermont has been awarded $229 million from that federal program. It will take about one year or so uh, to allocate those funds. Um, there's a process by which the uh, state will allocate funds um, that were awarded. But currently, it will be funded through our um, federal programs. In addition to that, Kevin, we will have uh, subscribers we will be accepting fees and um, those subscription fees will go into the pot and, and um, will assist as we become operational and keep keeping the lights on, so to speak. Okay. And uh, talk to us about what, how much this will cost uh, a, a, a typical resident like me. Sure. Well, our we a resident we have residential rates already on our website. Um, the the lowest speed package one hundred over one hundred that I was just explaining to you, which is still wonderfully high speed internet, same up and down. That is that is seventy nine dollars a month. Um, that is that is the price that we are charging for internet for residents. We also have phone service available. That is a web-based internet phone service. You can actually keep your phone number. You can, you can port in your existing phone number, or you can add a new number. We're offering that for $29 a month. Um, and we, we have backup batteries, service plans, static IP addresses, the capacity for Wi-Fi everywhere so, so that you can be out in your sh sugar shack and still, doing your, um, and still using your high-speed Internet or, or your barn if you, have, uh, if you have applications that require a high-speed Internet connection and you need the service at different locations within your property, um, that is, we, ha we can extend your Wi-Fi to outbuildings um, and, and remote areas of your home, basement, garage, where you need those to do business. Um, we, ex we charge $6 a month for each extender to extend your 
connection, your connection to various locations on your property. So the basic service plans um, are we have light speed 500, which is 500 up and down. So you take that super high speed 100 over 100 and you multiply it by five. That's just $20 more or 99 a month. If you want to get real crazy about it and go up to a gig, which, by the way, is is it's kind of the it's the industry trend to go to a gig. We are charging one twenty nine a month for a gig service. Now, the reason you might want a gig service is because if you have a lot of users, heavy users, um, multiple users, multiple devices, you might have a couple gamers in the house, and maybe you do run your business on some high high speed um, applications, and maybe there are a few people working on several devices, then you might want that one gig service. And then we actually also have a two gig service if you have extraordinarily wow. high usage, and that's 199 a month. That's our highest residential package. Okay. Uh, before we get to the big uh, question, uh, Janelle, I wonder if you could explain, uh, we've been reading in the press about a letter of credit funding issue. Some of the districts might be struggling with financing. Uh, can you clear that up for us? Absolutely. So you are right that the, this, the bead funding that requires a letter of credit, that's the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program, that, the, that is the federal program. Right now in their requirements, they are asking for applicants to have a letter of credit. And because the CUDs, the Communications Union Districts, uh, including CB Fiber, are new startup um, public municipalities, we may have trouble uh, finding uh, a, a banking um, relationship that would comply with this requirement. So we have signed our name along with uh, several other um, municipalities and um, minority-owned and women-owned organizations, uh, private, private and public throughout the country, requesting that the letter of credit requirement be waived from the bead program and be replaced with some other uh, some other uh, documentation um, that would provide assurances that we are a stable business um, outside of the letter of credit requirement. This, this sounds like a job for Senators Welch and Sanders. Sure. Yeah, it, it, it certainly could. It certainly could be um, a legislative political um, issue. It, it, it certainly could be because so many entities will be affected by it and because it, that, that requirement inherently favors the the larger commercial carriers. So certainly, yes. Um, and could you explain, so I, I, I I know I've told you this when 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 your people were were literally hauling fiber from one to another in my backyard several weeks ago. Uh, the very next week, a truck from uh, a competitor showed up and started stringing its fiber, um, and I it was confusing to me uh, because uh, how much fiber can you? can you put on these utility poles? Can you explain the competitive environment with other companies vis-a-vis this, this high-speed fiber? Yeah. So it seems that, remember I was telling you before that there really is no business case for the, the main carriers and that still is the case. However, um, I have, I have noticed that, that there seems to be an interest in, in building out as soon as, 
as soon as the commercial carriers see that there is such um, a force uh, being built out in Vermont through the communications union district, it does it does seem to me that other the more commercial carriers are are starting to build in some of the underserved locations. But let me emphasize that that is some of the underserved locations. Um, we are not averse to competition. Um, in, in fact, I think it's wonderful to have competition. It's, it's, it's pro-consumer to have competition. That is wonderful. I would love to see lots of options for everyone. Um, however, the, the main carriers still aren't building out in some of the least served areas. So you might see some increase, and that is great, but you will not see the entire state of Vermont being built out with such gusto as the CUDs are building it out. Yeah, okay. You're being very diplomatic. So what you're really saying is as soon as you do the hard work funded by federal dollars and the taxpayers, the Comcast and the consolidated privates come in, take advantage of that work, uh, and and offer, uh, you know, we'll try to undercut you price wise. But uh, that's a fight that that will happen down the road in the uh, in the forum of commerce. Right. That is that is correct. And and um, and the the carriers, they they want I, I think what's going on here is there is a realization that there's an appetite. So so. The commercial carriers may not have realized there was quite the appetite, and now it's pretty obvious that there is an appetite for the high-speed Internet. Unfortunately, the digital divide is real, and and rural Vermonters have been left behind and in some cases have been very invisible. And so we're bringing visibility to the to the hunger, to the appetite for this service. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Okay, the $100 million question, when do I get hooked up and when can I push the button? Yeah, so um, so it is extremely difficult to answer the when question, but I can give you some context, okay? So Great. what I will tell you is that we have, in the past two weeks, successfully connected six beta testers in Calis, okay? So we have successfully connected six beta testers, and we are now finalizing the testing of the network in our first distribution area. So that that is expected to go live very soon, and I, I, am, I am not going to give you an exact date because we are still working on the completion of the testing of the network. Um, and then following the first distribution area, we're also building in a second distribution area that encompasses parts of Calis as well as parts of your neighborhood in East Montpelier uh, and parts of Worcester. So that will be the second um, distribution area to be lit. So we are expecting um, testing to begin with friendly subscribers in your distribution area but before the end of this year, and, and quite frankly, probably within the next handful of weeks, uh, and those are the first two distribution areas that we expect to go live, um, most likely before the end of this year. I cannot make any promises because we have to test the network, but that is that is what the crystal ball looks like, and that is what we are working diligently toward. So let's Let's one more time talk about the promise here. The promise here, 
that via via your hands in central Vermont and all around the state via other communications districts, the days of pulling up to the library and stealing Wi-Fi uh, to do your homework or prepare for school if you're a teacher or whatever, or get on a Zoom call, those days are over. And whether it's coming uh, in, uh, you know, uh, October or by the end of the year, there is a there is an end point to this uh, the the frustration of pulling up to your library for Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the the promise is that rural parts of Vermont are going to be served. Our goal is to serve every every part of of Vermont with high speed internet. This is a long term goal. We have 1,200 miles to build in the CV fiber territory. This is not for the faint of heart. This is a long-term series of relationships that we have built with our construction contractors, with our design engineers, with our operator, Wheatfield, Champlain Valley Telecom, and with several others who are helping us push this this mission forward. So this is a long-term commitment to building out rural Vermont, and it's done by CV Fiber. It's done by the Vermont Communications Broadband Board. Um, it's done through our private and public partners, and it is a long-term, lofty goal and well on its way to becoming a reality. Okay. All right. Well, I can't wait, and uh, I look forward to the day. Will we... We'll we'll do a ribbon cutting in my front yard for heaven's sakes and invite all my neighbors who are have been struggling the way I have. Janiel Smith, uh, executive director of CV Fiber, uh, they of the uh, of the promise of fast internet. It's coming soon. I, we're really grateful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, Janiel Smith. Uh, executive director of CV Fiber. So j- just to be clear, and we need to spend a whole show on this. We had Lewis Porter on, the general manager of Washington Electric Co-op. The mission of the Washington Electric Co-op is to step in when private sector utility companies cannot deliver electricity. And this uh, CV Fiber steps in when private sector Internet providers will not serve people that is not profitable. So this sets up a clash between the market and the government. And uh, th- this, this argument, this debate happens all the time. It's fascinating. What's the role of government uh, dollars? What's the role of the private sector? The private sector uh, has chosen not to deliver internet to my house because they can't make money doing it. And uh, that's just the way it is. And Comcast and Consolidated make those very hard decisions on behalf of their shareholders. That's the way the system's set up. So government steps in to help people like me uh, get fast Internet so that we can participate in a market economy. And I think it's a fascinating collision of ideologies. And uh, we, you know what, we should spend we should spend a whole show doing it. So we'll do that. Uh, any, in any event, Fast Internet coming to a home near you in Central Vermont. We're going to take a break. I'm Kevin Ellis. We're going to come back and talk about Rock City uh, right after these messages. You're listening to Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Next week, 
there is a dance party in Barry at the Barry Elks Lodge, 10 Jefferson Street, Thursday, September 21st, 7.30. It's something called Rock City. And the person in charge, Sky Redmond, is here with us with a special surprise guest, I'm, I understand. Sky, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Actually, this is Sky Forrest, and I'm happy to be here, Kevin. Thank you so much. Um, oh. you, might, you might be wondering um, how this all started, and I wondered if I could tell you. Please do. Okay, well, the story begins like so many stories. Three women walked into a bar. Actually, uh, three singers from Rock City went into the bar at Harry's Hardware right after the flood, and we were there to listen to our favorite band, Umlaut. And while we were sitting there, we realized that we needed to do something to help our home city of Barrie with flood relief. So Rock City is a local chorus that began in Barrie in 2016 when our fearless leader, the local legend John Harrison brought 16 singers together for their first concert on the flying stage at the Restore. And that concert raised $2,000 for the Good Samaritan Haven. And that building was called the Restore Building. It's now called Resource, and it got knocked out by the flood. So remembering our roots, we decided that we needed to do something to help Barry with flood relief. And that's how the beginning of this concert uh, came to be. Uh, did you mention, did you say that you were at Harry's Hardware? Oh, yeah. We were in Cabot right after the flood watching Umlaut, John Harrison's band. And we yeah. were thinking we needed to do something other than uh, watch John. So we decided we should keep uh, our allegiance to Barry and get Rock City back together for kind of an emergency concert. We generally present concerts twice a year. We've had 10 of them since we started, and our concerts are always 100% of the proceeds go to a very um, not-for-profit organization that needs help. So having done that as part of our history and part of our mission, it made a lot of sense to call together an emergency concert and have the money go towards flood relief. So we started uh, casting a net. We've, lo we've already earned um, $20,000 over the years, and we decided we could bring in some money so we started begging people to help us help Barry by doing this concert, and we were absolutely thrilled when Noah of Adam in the Orbit said that he would volunteer himself and his band for this benefit concert. So we're in really good company. And I understand that we have a, a surprise guest with you. Is that right? Well, uh, yes, we do. As a matter of fact, we're very fortunate. A famous person is on this call with us. I don't know about famous, but uh, this is Noah and uh, my band, uh, Atom and the Orbits, is very excited and honored to be playing with Rock City for this benefit. Um, they are an amazing rock chorus, um, and, but we are brought in, um, being brought in to provide the dance music, so it's not uh, not just uh, sit around and listen to uh, get blown away by this epic chorus, which I believe has 50 members, um, but it will be a big dance party to dance the blues away and uh, raise some good money for Barry Flood Relief. Okay, so uh, Noah, thank you for joining us. Um, 
you must be getting off the road. You're, you're pl- probably playing Madison Square Garden next next week, but you're taking some time out to to join us uh, in Barrie. Um, it seems to me, uh, Scott, that all things great happen at Harry's Hardware. We we did this show live from Harry's Hardware shortly after the flood, and the stories that they told us were just incredible. And and we did show also from Nelson's Hardware in Barry. So uh, tell us more about uh, Rock City, and then we'll get to know okay. I'll be glad to do that. So Rock City was started by John Harrison, as I said, in 2016 when he brought singers together. And it is based in Barry. All of our benefits are toward Barry, not-for-profits, and it is a home city. And, of course, we're called Rock City because Barry is the Rock City. Um, and we know that Barry is strong. The theme of the concert is very strong. And I wanted to just um, make sure that we paid attention to our theme song. So the theme of the benefit concert is very strong. I'll tell you a little bit more about Rock City in a minute, but I wanted to make sure I didn't lose this important detail. Patty Casey, who is an amazing award-winning local singer and songwriter, wrote an incredible song, Stronger Than That. And stronger than that is the theme. We know that Barry is stronger than that. No flood is going to keep Barry flooded. Um, Allie Tarwater, who's performing in the, at the same evening on the 21st in Courier Park as another part of the Barry Heritage Festival. They've taken us on as a concert connected to the festival. We'll be opening our concert and the dance party with the song Stronger Than That. And I would encourage you to look for the song on Patty Casey's website as a single and listen for it here on WDEV. So we decided we needed to celebrate Barry, and we had an opportunity to do a concert. If we could pull everything together, and we've had the greatest fortune. So not only is the Elks Lodge donating the facility, as you've heard Noah say, Atom and the Orbits are donating all of their time. We've got amazing musicians who will be supporting Rock City, and even our sound engineer is doing all of this for free. So all of the money that's donated can be um, given to a particular organization that we have found is doing a great job on the ground, distributing money to individuals and businesses. So if you don't mind, I'll talk about that and then tell you a little bit more about Rock City. All Please the donations, do. Go ahead. Thank you. All of the donations made at the party, and there is admission only by donation. Pay what you can. Please come. Pay whatever you can, and any extra donations are always welcome. But all of the donations are going to be going directly to the Barry Community Relief Fund, which is an amazing organization that sprang up out of the floodwaters. They started developing this organization right after the flood, and their intention is to give money to those people who are most in need. So the fund is available to individuals and businesses, and they've agreed that all the funds that we raise at this concert and contribute to them will go to individuals because our original genesis of this was to help people in Barry. We know that businesses need help too, but we love the fact that as a switch for us, we'll be giving money directly to people. So whether you're an individual or a business, the fund really wants you to apply. Um, there's no deadline and decisions are made as soon as possible within 30 days of your application. There are no restrictions on the use of the funding, unlike some other funding sources, and they're encouraging anybody, individuals or businesses in Barrie who are affected by the flood, to submit an application online 
at berrycommunityrelief.org. So, okay. as I said before, Rock City is headlining the chorus, the concert, because we thought of it, and we're local, and we were hoping that we could uh, generate some funding for flood relief. So, um, we have done, as I said before, 10 benefit concerts. We have performed over 130 songs in four-port harmony, um, songs from the 50s through the teens. And during the pandemic, we kept going, even though we couldn't perform in person by uh, having rehearsals online. And we are really, really excited about this special concert. And we're especially grateful to Noah for joining us with his amazing band because it really kicks our rocking up a notch. Um, We are Rock City people dance. Um, a lot to our music and we're encouraging people to come and just listen if they'd like to to sing along if they feel moved by that and to get up and dance if they want to we're going to leave a lot of room on the floor and we're okay that we'll see people moving in the audience thank you and that's that's the barry elks club thursday september 21st at 7 30 p.m it sounds like it's going to be a great event all proceeds to benefit community the community relief fund uh up after the flooding it's a cash bar i wonder if i could go to noah and uh i'm noah i'm the father of a guy of a 36 year old uh amateur guitar player who who just played a farmer's market in uh, somewhere in i don't know outside washington dc and he described it as one of the greatest highlights of his life <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if you that. i wonder if you could talk about that thing that courses through your veins when you get to play in front of human beings. Yeah, well, that's that's um, an interesting story. I have had similar experiences playing uh, farmer's markets, not necessarily in D.C., um, but in this area, uh, it's, it's a very special thing. Um, and, you know, each type of concert is different. A farmer's market, uh, you know, is a sort of intimate, usually acoustic, certainly not your typical dance venue. So, you know, I might lean into more of a folk music repertoire. Um, But really, the thing I love to do is play for dancers. Um, And so that's why I created Adam and the Orbits. Uh, That's Adam with a T, just to be clear on the radio. Um, And... Uh, I, I really believe in the, the healing power of dancing in particular, music in general, but, um, and I think that is, uh, that's the, the main driver for our band. Uh, we play songs that I write sort of in the, the 1950s rock and roll style, um, but original songs, uh, of course, you know, always do a few covers. Uh, people love to dance to familiar music. Um, and what are they going to get? What are they going to get uh, next Thursday from you? We are going to do a one-hour power set of uh, mostly original uh, songs. Um, as I was saying, kind of based in that 1950s early 60s uh, vein of rock and roll. And hopefully, uh, I'm working with John Harrison, the director of Rock City, to organize, uh, you know, a lot of our songs um, have backup singers. 
and we're hoping that we can get the chorus to, or at least some of the chorus, to jump in on some songs in our set as well and have just a really rocking backup chorus, not just a couple backup singers. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Sky, what are we missing here? Uh, what question have I not asked you? Uh, it's Thursday, September 21st, 7.30 p.m. That's the place to be. I think you've asked every question. I think the only thing that's missing is everybody who's listening to this song. Uh, we're missing you, and we want you to be there on Thursday. As I said before, please come. If you can't afford to donate, if you were affected by the flood, we especially want to honor you. So anybody can come and donate any amount. This is an open party, and it's a celebration of Barry's strength. Um, Barry is stronger than that. They have started doing a tremendous amount of work for recovery, but there's so much more that needs to happen. You know, it takes a lot of money. And I just read in seven days recently that the city officials estimate that 363 structures that had 517 housing units were damaged by the flood, mostly in Barry's lower income north end. Um, and that's a disaster, especially in a city of 8,500 people. So I'm saying that to really inspire people to come, donate whatever you can, join us, and as um, Noah said, you know, kind of raising the roof and celebrating and dancing because dancing is healing, and we all need to heal together. We all need to help each other, and I think that there will be relief just in listening to the music and getting up and dancing if you feel like it and knowing that you're doing a good thing for your neighbors. Uh, Barry is a strong community, and they deserve all the help they can get, or we do. So I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about the concert, and we will be very happy to see everybody who comes through the door. We guarantee a good time. Oh, uh, I'm, I've already been hit up several times by fans of Atom and the Orbits uh, talking about how great you guys are, Noah. So, um Thank you on behalf of everybody in the community for doing this. This is you're doing this gratis, and that's uh, really appreciated. We can't wait. Okay, all right. Guy Redman and Noah Hahn, uh, Rock City, Barry's one and only rock and soul chorus with a rocking band with Atom and the Orbits. Barry Strong Relief Benefit. We are stronger than that. It's a dance party Thursday. September 21st, 7.30 p.m., Barry Elks Club, 10 Jefferson Street. Tickets by donation. If you cannot afford it, that's okay. Uh, all proceeds to benefit Community Relief Fund. Uh, there's a cash bar. If you want more information, go to barryrockcity.com or just email us at uh, vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com and we'll get you all the right information. Uh, thank you to Sky and uh, Noah for doing that. That's going to be a great event. Um, Kevin, thank the, you very it, much. I'm just going to ask you to put on your dancing shoes, and we'll see you next Thursday. Okay. Thank you, Sky. Thank you, Noah. Thanks, Thanks again. Okay. Uh, so that's a that's a uh, you know we're going to stay on the flood relief story. Uh, because as we all know, we all have short attention spans. And, uh, you know, while we all celebrated the, the, uh, a lot of the 
block, the uh, the block with in Montpelier coming back to life, uh, Bear Pond Books and and the other stores. So many businesses are not back. Uh, the the sinews and the ligaments and tendons of our community are still torn, and there's a lot there's a lot of recovery still to do. So folks like Noah Hahn at Adam and the Orbits doing this for free, uh, and the Rock City Chorus. Ne- frankly, never heard of the Rock City uh, Rock and Soul Chorus. So I'm going to venture over to Barry on. Thursday of next week, 7.30 p.m., all proceeds to to donate the flood relief. So uh, open your wallet, give what you can, and uh, it'll be a great show. And that is our show for today. My thanks to all our guests, uh, uh, Noah Hahn from Adam and the Orbits, uh, Sky Forrest from the Rock City Chorus, Janelle Smith, uh, and, Mar- and Mary Kathleen, Mahiron about her new book about the Mad River Valley. That's a great, great buy. Really fun to do. Uh, my thanks to our guests. If you want to be on the show, email me at uh, vtviewpoint at radiovermont.com. This show becomes a podcast at wdevradio.com. And of course, you can listen live to the show wherever you are in the world. I am here Wednesdays and Fridays, and I will be back on Friday. You can find me at KevinKEllis.com, where you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter called Conflict of Interest. I'm on social media at the usual places. My podcast, Conflict of Interest, examines the issues we deal with on the show. Uh, I will be back Friday, uh, where we're going to take on some climate change. And we're going to do it from a little bit different angle. Uh, We're going to talk to Chris Killian from the Conservation Law Foundation about the role of the oil companies uh, in the climate change discussion. Uh, They are getting accused of knowing all about climate change going way, way back, and they are defending lawsuits. Uh, And Chris Chris is the plaintiff and the lawyer on many of those lawsuits. And and we're going to explore that. Uh, As always, we'll talk politics and everything else going on in Vermont and the nation. Our show is produced by me, engineered and made possible by today, Greg Titus, and all the folks at WDEB. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Kevin Ellis, and we'll see you right back here Friday on Vermont Viewpoint, live radio on the friendly pioneer, WDEB.